0: Hello everyone, my name is Phil Svitek, 360 Creative Coach, and if you've been tuning into the show, you know one of my greatest joys is whenever I get to bring on my talented friends and share them with you, and so today is, is that special occasion I bring to you my friend Danny Royce, who I know from his AfterBuzz and BHL days, You know, he's hosted a plethora of shows there. Uh, most notably, I think uh, we can point out inside the Black Actor Studio. That's uh, one that ho- holds near and dear to his heart. Uh, and then, creatively outside of you know his hosting realm, he's he's an actor. And I actually got to work with him uh, on my movie Idol. And you know, we'll definitely talk about that. But to really kind of kick things off, you know, I, I want to talk about uh, a movie that's on Amazon Prime currently called Nowhere Alaska. And uh, you know, that's that's quite a long winded introduction, but uh let's start with <laughs>
1: how are you doing today? How are you? <laughs> I'm great, I'm blessed, you know, like um yeah, it's 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 great to be alive, I should say. You know, yeah, opportunities are constantly coming and going. So but uh I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. How about you?
0: Uh, you know, overall overall as well, you know. I always tell people like under the circumstances I, I can't really
1: compare. Right. You know, so so exactly it's good. To I mean, be- you could, but who would listen? No. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're all entitled, you know, like just because things are happening in the world, it doesn't negate, you know, what's going on within right. us, right? We all have our problems and to, t- you know, it's like one of those things you, you shouldn't compare yourself ever. And so like, why, comp- you know, because you have a problem, you know, in that sense. Yeah,
1: exactly. I get it.
0: You know what? I wasn't going to go there, but like, you're someone, so you, you you you're into very into fitness. You're into yoga. Um, how how important is your your mental embodiment of yourself towards the work that you do as a creator?
1: Uh, it's extremely important. Um, I mean, the mind is everything. Your mindset is 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 everything. And if it if it's not if you don't have a strong mindset and a positive uh, per- perception. On on the world and yourself, and then it's kind of hard to move forward, um, and that's why a lot of people um, lose track of 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 their goals and kind of like the direction that they want to go because their mindset is not right. Um, they have an idea of where they want to go, but you can't be your your old self trying to do new things. You can't, you know, you can't be that that same person that you once were trying to get to new. Um, new heights in your, whatever it may be, in your work, uh, creatively, things like that. So when I do yoga, um, when I do my breathing exercises and all that, it's a way of being grounded. Um, it's a way of, of clear, clearing my mind uh, and clearing my vision. And it's extremely important to connect your mind, your soul, and your body, um, because without that connectivity something's going to lose, you know, something is going to be left behind. And um, and for me, it's very important when I come and bring that to my projects because I'm able to be grounded. I'm able to put my 110% in. um, And I know who I am and where I want to go. And I think that's extremely important. A lot of people don't know who they are. They're still trying to figure that out, which is, which is fine. Everyone has, you know, different journeys, things like that. But, make an effort to understand who you are and what you want and make that effort to, to change. Um, I have a, uh, an expression, that's called why wait? So it's like, literally, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for tomorrow that may never come? You know, like we woke up today. I'm speaking to you right now. A lot of people expected to wake up today and then get that opportunity. So we are here this moment. What are you going to do with that opportunity? Opportunities, they don't knock. We seek them. We create them. Um, so, with that change in mindset that I've had over the past three years, has really changed my life. Wow,
0: there's a there's a lot of profound stuff in there, and one of the things, uh, one of the things you mentioned that it does help you with your work. So, kind of connecting it to Nowhere, Alaska, uh, just to for those who haven't seen it, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it, obviously, but to give some context, it's 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 a thriller movie, right? We can call mm-hmm. it that. Yeah um it's it's kind of got a mystery um it's not like a murder mystery in the in the classical agatha christie sense but you're trying to figure out who committed the crime and what's the truth it's not so as far as that you know it's something to know yourself but you're playing a very dark character that's doing a lot of questioning but also kind of perhaps hiding a little bit of the truth so you know how do you how do you start to embody a a, a different person rather than yourself (laughs)
1: um so you know a lot of a lot of actors different actors have different techniques and things like that but I for me I like to create the character that has been written down right so they they give you this framework right they give you this vessel but it's your job to actually uh embody the vessel and and make it work towards the story make it believable and so For uh, this particular character, uh, Derek, Um, he had just lost his wife. Uh, He doesn't know where his wife is, right? So you have that sense of losing someone. How would I feel if I lost the love of my life and I don't know if they're okay and I don't know if they're dead or whatever. And then I'm on this journey with my brother that I'm not that close with and one of my best friends, but they hate each other. So you have that conflict that you're in the middle of. When you're trying to find this and then now you have another conflict of someone trying to kill you so <laughs> um so it, it for me it's i want to bring the um the truest aspect of Derek to life um i start diving down even further like what's his favorite color uh what is what does he like to do does his what did his? some memories of him and his brother when he was younger like These are things as human beings that we have. So the character is a human being. A character has its own, you know, own way of doing things that is completely different from mine. And so what we also, uh, what I've also been taught a lot in classes and things like that is never judge your character. So even if you're playing, I don't know, if if you're playing Jeffrey Dahmer or something like that, right? Obviously what he did and, uh, you know, his history is, is Discussing, you know, we have all these thoughts about it, right? Um, evil acts, but you're embodying that character, so in their mind, they justified it some way, somehow, based on whatever traumas, whatever past, whatever they had is justified. So, in that sense, you can't you can't judge your character because then it's an unbelie- it's not believable. the The audience will not believe what you're bringing to the table. And so I really like to break down my characters um, and the shoes that I'm filling because someone could be watching that character and like, you know, they could relate to them. They could, and that's what we do. That's why I love bringing a character to life so people can be like, okay, that was me or I see myself in that, or I can get through that, you know? So with this particular movie, Nowhere Alaska, um, he was a smoker as well. <laughs> like I have like all day like and so I, I actually on set I had to smoke um the what is it, like the herbal cigarettes which are horrible <laughs> but I'm like I'm Derek Derek likes to smoke okay so then you change you change that sort of that characteristic about yourself for that moment because you're living the life of this person and so it's so fun to step into shoes of others. Because as an actor, I can be a lawyer, I can be a doctor, I can be a policeman, I can be a murderer, you know, <laughs> and all these things that you can be that's totally fun. But are they going to be believable? And that's the process that you have to take to make yourself be believable to the audience.
0: Yeah, well, I have to say, I mean, you're, you were very believable in my movie and certainly believable in Nowhere, Alaska. And uh, you know, you. I want to I, I deep dive a little bit because like there's so many you know uh first off like i just just want to commend the movie there's so many wonderful aspects to it whether the cinematography (laughs) like it looks wonderful uh the pacing's really well done uh the score is fantastic and you know there's not a lot of actors in the movie to begin with i mean what a total of five ultimately uh (laughs) and so uh yeah like the your guys chemistry and whatnot um is fantastic how how did you become involved? You know, what was that like? How how long was the shoot? I mean, you know, it takes mainly um, in, in this wooded area of, quote, unquote, Alaska. And I don't know if it is Alaska. You can tell me that. But I imagine, like, it was just a fun camping trip, ultimately.
1: That's the way <laughs> I view it. I don't know. I could be wrong. Let me tell you something. Like, okay, for, for it was shot in Alaska. Um, okay. It was shot in a few locations. Kenai. Um, there's another called... Wheaton and then there was another uh, we were in another location I'm, I'm blanking on the name but these are all locations like it's not toward Anchorage you know it's in, out in the middle of nowhere um, <laughs> and it was in, literally to this day the most beautiful set I've ever been on um, the process in the beginning was was fun like it, it was interesting, and this is what I always tell people just to listen to their their gut listen to their inner spirit um because when the when the audition first came out, you know, and as a, an actor of color, there are things that go through our our heads you know um when we see certain breakdowns right when we see things that involve like a family um and it's all ethnicities you're like. Okay, that's probably gonna go to a white family. Like you just, you just these things are conditioned within you, unfortunately. Um, and sometimes, and then you have to change that mindset. Is is all that's what it's all about. So this was about three years ago. Um, the breakdown said, you know, the guy gets lost and was going to find his his uh, wife with brother and blah blah blah. And I'm just like, hmm. I don't know. Okay, I'm just going to go for it. So I go for it, right? And I go to the audition and all that. I get a call back. I'm like, wow, I get a call back. <laughs> and so it was originally the son, of uh, uh, a son and a father and his best friend. They actually changed the um, the dynamics of the character for, for me. Um, and they brought me back and they decided to change the story to a brother, two brothers, and a friend instead of the father. And so I go in. We're doing a chemistry read, all of that stuff. Um, the, my scene was when my brother dies. So having to pull that emotion, all that stuff, throughout in that audition with the callback. Do you
0: have siblings? Just curious. I do.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. So it was for so for me, I saw my closest brother. I'm like, how would how would I react? How would I feel if he were to die? Um, it's morbid, I know, but <laughs> as an actor, you know, you embody, you have to embody this. So I I actually saw uh, um, my my brother on there, played by Aaron um, as my my actual brother, and so that brought a little bit more realness, a little bit more life to the character. So we, so yeah, so when I booked that. Um we got out everything. It was so communicative. I loved the crew. Everything was so great. Um, And they flew us out. They flew us out from uh LA to Alaska. I believe all of us were from, yeah. All the actors you see on that film was is from LA. Um, with the exception of my wife, the woman that played my wife, Dora, she is actually from Alaska. Um, and all the crew and all that. So we got there. And it was a very uh, rainy and stormy day that day. (laughs) Um, But it was three weeks, a little over three weeks of just amazing. Like, um, I just had such a good time on set. Um, Everything could kill you. So that was interesting. (laughs) The plants, uh, there was like quicksand underneath this, this river that we were told to stay away from. Um, our DP had to have a loaded gun on him at all times, uh, on set, just in case black bears or moose or anything like that came rolling along. Um, I actually did get to see a lot of wildlife, which was really amazing. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was just a great time. We, it was a lot of working, but then we also had moments where we could just chill and just have campfires and stuff like that. and, and. And you know, uh, talk about the the shoot. And um, the good thing was, like, our director he he lived there, and so um, he him and his you know folks, they would take us fishing. You know, I went on the boat, and I saw like an actual whale, like like six feet from me, like just pop up in his eyeball. I was just like, it was <laughs> it was an incredible setting. Like, I um, definitely will always remember it um when we were filming all of like every single set and location that we were at um, we had to deal with some type of adversity some type of challenge um, we were it's it's all natural light we we're also there with summer solstice so <laughs> so the sun would set at about you know uh, 11 o'clock it would go to the horizon and then it'll come back up. Uh, so the sun, the sun never went away. So that was just having to deal with that. The first few days was like, okay, <laughs> like I don't know what it is right now. Um, but yeah, so it, it was it was totally fun experience. Um, and you know, they we had to make some changes. You know, according to you know, location spice and, and just nature in general, you know. And when we got, when I first got the actual, the script and all that, um, they sent th- these are going to be revenant conditions. <laughs> That's this exactly what they told us. Like, this is going to be a revenant condition. They compared it to certain films and stuff that are out. Um, harsh weather, you know, bugs, animals, all this stuff. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Well, let's go for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's all. how far away were you guys from civilization? And you know, maybe for your own comfort. But I'm also thinking, like, camera wise, like you know, charging batteries and this and that. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: that yeah, I mean, a problem. Generators were a great friend of ours. I so would put it that <laughs> way. <laughs> um, we we would have there were moments we would have like locations, um, and then we would, we would have home base, and then we would drive out to the location. Um, for the day and then come back to home base. Um, there were moments where we would just camp. Um, there was one night I slept in a tent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, it, but it was, it was pretty far. Um, It was pretty far. Like it's those towns, Kenai, and then there's uh, no one. It starts with an L, I keep forgetting. But they, they do have like residents that live there, but it's, it's, it's like maybe, you know 400 people or you know population is very very small um but i really enjoy like just the, the natives there too like uh everyone was so nice and just um very you know able very helpful and but when we were shooting there were literally no one around it was just the cast and the crew um So it was, but they were very, it was a very safe, Mm -hmm. um, very safe production. And there are a few times where, you know, a black bear would just, you know, walk on by and everyone's like, okay. But (laughs) our our director is extremely knowledgeable. He's like, "Uh, you can't touch that, that devil's club. That's, you know, that can burn your skin. Or, you know, like we would look at tracks and say, okay, well, these, we're going to use these bear tracks in our scene because they're fresh. But because they're fresh, we're gonna make sure that we're out of here at a certain time. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, it was just really fun dealing with that. I, I find, I find uh, that entertaining, like on the edge type stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I love, I love that s- side of it as well. And um, were you able to see dailies? I mean, just whether time wise or just in general, um, were you? You know, because I know some directors, like, they don't like to show the actors anything. Yeah. I'm curious.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, we we did. We we saw, because um, 95% of the film was filmed on the Um, Mm drone. So we saw quite a bit uh, of dailies, um, you know, without obviously being color corrected on and stuff. But we did, they definitely, you know, kept us up to speed of what things were looking like um and,
0: isn't that helpful yeah. for you to you know to to see it you know because i don't know did it, did it help your performance that were you like oh i should have done this a little bit differently i don't you know i'm curious from the from the actor perspective what that's like
1: yeah you know sometimes it it does sometimes it depends it depends on the scene um if it's a really strong uh powerful inviting scene then yeah i would like to take a look at it and just kind of see you know the performance um, but sometimes I don't. I don't really want to see because then, you know, you get into this state of, okay, maybe I should have done that or maybe I should have done that. And it's like, you know, Johnny Depp never watches his films, which I don't, I couldn't go that far. I like, I need to see the finished product. You know, like, yeah. I want to see the product, you know, but he never watches his films because he becomes self-critical of, him, you know, of himself. Um the dailies, I like I would love to see where am I taking it where the story needs to go. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I watch it. I don't necessarily watch it to be like, okay, I should have did that, I should have said that better, I should because that's what the director is there for. He's gonna let you know. If that's not what he wants, he's gonna let you know. So I'll I just watch the dailies to see like for myself, am I taking this character where he needs to go? Um, and so, yeah, they were very helpful in showing us that stuff. And, like, we had to do some pickups, you know, towards the end of the shoot um, because, you know, maybe, you know, something due to weather or something, you know, something like that. We were under some harsh conditions sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We are under some harsh conditions, but it was extremely fun, though.
0: Yeah, no, I, listen, I have to commend you, actually, because not, not a lot of people, you know, even, like, I'm talking, like, professionals, have the ability to kind of separate themselves. Like, I mean, you mentioned Johnny Depp, but I know there's plenty of people I work with. Like, we shot a sizzle, right? And, and there's, we we had like 15 hours of footage, and we literally just start playing like just anything. And like the camera's just basically on the ground. And one of my friends is like, Do we need to reshoot anything? Am I bad? I'm like, We have 15 hours. If I can't <laughs> get two minutes together out of it, like, yeah, we have a problem. But right now, no, we don't have a problem. Like, just, just relax. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's always a very interesting experience. Uh, I, w- I want to highlight one of the things that you and I talked about before this, you know, this is kind of us over the phone chatting, uh, catching up. You mentioned uh, the fog that that happens in the movie. I could have, for sure, I was like, oh, they got so lucky with the damn fog. They had, you know,
1: they filmed it like, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> you, guys, you guys created that. Yes, we did. We did um they they had fog machines um let me tell you something about the fog <laughs> because it, you know things don't always work out the way you plan obviously you know um from from being a producer um but the fog machines like weren't working for a moment like they just the fog it was just carrying the wrong way and like so we had to find the the right placement how to get just enough on screen uh, at that particular moment when we run through the woods. Um, and so we wrestled with that for a little bit, but they were able to have the fog machine and then a fan that they were able to hook up to the generator and blow it to the direction they wanted to. And so we also had like, <laughs> you know, a few PAs running around, like the <laughs> like and then you couldn't wait too long because it would, you know, dissipate. So we, after they were fogged, they were like, "Okay, everyone's set, you know, and then action. but uh yeah, they they did that they They did a great job with that too. Um, also, as far as like any of the fires and, and anything like that, it's all real. none of that is is uh, done in post. Um, the The costume <laughs> for the the killer or suspected killer, was actually made by the director. Um, he, he made that whole thing. He sewed it together. Uh, those, were, it's all real fur. It's all, as a vegan, I don't really, uh, care <laughs> But, uh, no, this is, I, was actually, I filmed this before I was vegan. Um, but it, you know, they, all the furs were real, the claws, all that stuff, bones that you saw in there were real, like all that. Um, so it was, none of the props were, were fake at all. <laughs> none of the props were big at all and uh except you know beside the fog but uh yeah it was it was it was really cool how they were able to to pull that off
0: yeah no it's a, it's absolutely incredible you know i love that i mean like i said it blew me you know i'm a filmmaker and i was like god oh, they got lucky they got lucky. <laughs> but to pull that off that, that's amazing it really is yeah. um yeah, it's, it's well, kudos to you and the team, you know, on the project that is available on Amazon Prime for people to check yes. out. So I highly, highly recommend it. But um, you know, now I, I want to kind of transition a little bit and, and, and talk about the hosting side before we talk, you know, talk about my movie because it, it almost feels feels a little self indulgent to talk about my <laughs> movie. holding up until the end. But you know, I, I opened up. Uh, you know, one of one of your biggest prides is inside the Black Actor Studio, and um, you know can you, like, who, who are some of the guests that you're, that you just absolutely loved interviewing? What, what have been, like, sort of, sort of, you know, the, the hidden gems that you're like, wow, I'm so glad I did this because I took this away.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, oh my god, it's, there's so many. Um, I guess, you know, starting with the base of, of, of Inside a Black Active Studio and why it, it, it is what it is. Um, so I definitely wanted to use a platform, um, to inspire and motivate people of color in the entertainment industry. Um, I was a huge fan of James Lipton's Rest in Peace um, inside the Actors Studio. And, you know, that having that ability to, to speak to people of color in the industry um, and to saying that you can create and you can be who you want to be uh, without fitting the stereotype of what Hollywood wants to give you, um, was extremely important to me. And having some of the people that I looked up to, uh, growing up, like Oba Oba Babatunde, um, you know, Tay Diggs, Darius McCrary, uh, being that kid, you know, on family matters that I was like, okay, that's, that's the, everyone wanted him, Eddie Winslow to be the, you know, their older brother, like, (laughs) like Eddie Winslow's awesome. Um. So just having people like that on the show was it was amazing. Um, I believe one of my favorite interviews was with Oba Babatunde, um, and for those of you who don't know him, please uh, look him up. And he has been in the game for decades, and he has, he's a triple threat singer, dancer, actor. Um, he's won many awards. He was in Dear White People, you know, the list goes on and on. Um, but he talked about Dream Girls. He was in the first production of Dream Girls, And um, he talked about meeting Sammy Davis Jr. And how what that meant for him. And there was one thing that Sammy told him um, that always stuck with me. And he just said, you know, he told him to, to keep going, but also believe... And what you can do. Mm-hmm. And so if you believe in what you can do, then nothing can stop you. And that s- spoke volume to me. Um, that interview was, was definitely one that I was just like, woke. I was like, wow. <laughs> because like all his everything that he talked about, his response, just, just so, so much knowledge, so much wisdom. Um, and it really touched me. Um, I mean, all of the interviews touched me. Um, There were moments where, you know, I had Tyra Farrell on um, from, you know, played Mrs. Baker in Boys in the Hood, and she was in Poet of Justice, Jungle Field. You can't really talk about Black film without talking about Tyra Farrell, because she was like that one actress that was in everything, but I felt like she was so underrated. And part of it, and she talks about it in an interview, part of it was because she of her dark skin. You know, this it, it was. It's so real. It's um, you know, the darker you are, the less beautiful, the less attractive, the less leading lady material you are. Um, you know, so people like Halle Berry and you know, and uh, I'm blanking on her name, uh, Dandridge, things like that. Like they were the ones that were you know, in the forefront because they were lighter complexion. And so um, when Tyra told me that she left for 15 years and devoted herself to raise her, her daughter and devoted herself, with, along with her husband, to police brutality, like she was she was in this game that we're doing, like, she, all this stuff is going on right now, she was fighting that decades ago, you know? So she touched on that, and that was why she left Hollywood. Now she's back killing the game, as always, but that really spoke volume to me because it's like it's okay to step away for a second mm-hmm. if something is um, is true to your heart and you really feel like you can make a change with what you're doing. It's okay to step away from a passion or it's okay to you know just hold on for a second and dedicate yourself to something greater than yourself. And so that's what I feel like this show is. It's definitely greater than I am. Um, is greater than all the the guests that I brought on there because what it's teaching especially young young people of color is that they they are here because of the steps that they took and they've opened doors for you you know um they've opened doors for you to step in and to create and to be unapologetically you so um Yeah. So that's,
0: that's that. Yeah, no, I absolutely commend you. I mean, you are capturing that history. I mean, uh, in a way, like I remember I'm watching Netflix as they've got to have us and the wealth of history that was too. And, you know, so I, 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 you know, without being hyperbolic, I come, you know, I compare it to that sort of level, you know, where you are preserving that history and so forth. And, you know, as, as a film buff myself, you know, I mean, it's like all things in America. Really, we get taught we get taught a certain history, but not the other right. history.
1: Right. And,
0: uh, you know, I'm someone that does pride myself on kind of being trying to see, you know, whether it's foreign movies or you know, diversifying the the, the filmography, if you will. And and still, there was so much that I just learned from from that. So it was wonderful. Um,
1: yeah, and that actually had I had Frederick Simon, the creator of They've Got to Have Us, on the show. And I remember having him on there. He was, he was ill that day, but we did his interview. And the next day he flew back to London. Um, But he was talking about some of his favorite, you know, interviews. And um, on that show, you know, having Harry Belafonte and Sydney Poitier, like all these people um, who really just paved the way. And like, there's certain things that, you know, that you would never know. Because it's not taught, like you know, um, blacks could not do their own stunt work. You know, so they had, uh, you know, a a they had a white person doing their their stunt work, but they just painted themselves. Like you know, it was just these things that were like, wow, really. Sidney Poitier was one of the first uh, men of color to do his own stunt work because he refused anyone else to do it. And so, uh, when you when you have your power, you know your power, you know your worth. Um, that's when you can change the world and that's when you can change things. So, yeah, if anyone, if you, no one saw that, if you haven't seen it, they've, they've got to have us. Definitely check that out. I, I, it was incredible work. Um, and Frederick Simon, you know, he talked about his background a little bit, his director, and he started off as a photographer. He didn't want to get into movies, never saw himself getting into movies. Um, but he listened to his inner mind is inner spirit and that's what i always tell people to do because it can lead you to places you never thought was possible.
0: yeah i want to make a uh, i want to get your perspective because you know we keep going back to this uh greater than you idea and you know certainly like I, i've seen you very heavily involved and rightfully so um you know with the black lives matter movement and so forth and i want to almost get your perspective to kind of kick it off uh because I do see comparison like John Boyega, when he was, you know, he's screaming into the megaphone, he, you know, he basically says like, if I'm never hired again, so be it type of thing. Right. Yeah, and yeah. uh, in in your own words, you seem to embody that sentiment as well. Like there's, you know, if I never work, like this is greater than me type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so what, you know, I mean, this is like, you know, whatever, to ask the lamest question ever, like, what is it? What does the Black Lives Matter movement mean to you
1: and for you? Um, man, it is, it's extremely important to me. Um, I'm going to take it back just a second. Um, I, my, me and my family, we are very close. We have a very close uh, dynamic. Um, but I was, majority, I, I was raised, majority of my childhood in a, um, majority white suburb in Chicago, right? So there were some things that I didn't really quite understand um, that I didn't really get at that moment. Um, I was There was a point where I was somewhat kind of afraid of people that looked like me um, because of the lies and the, and the stigmas and the stereotypes that I believed. Um, so I had to do a lot of unlearning and so when I left, when I graduated high school, I was gone. I went, <laughs> I went to school in New York. I lived in New York. I lived in uh, Florida. I lived, you know, in Puerto Rico. I, like, I just moved around just taking in different cultures. I was around people of all different walks of life. And so that was extremely important to me to understand. If you're not willing to understand anything and, to, and open your mind, to, to the possibilities that, yeah, people are different than you, but we are all connected in this one aspect, then, you know, everything's going to blow over. So the, the BLM movement for me is finding your pride, finding who you are, um, knowing what you come from, because being black in America is it's like, OK, our history started at slavery. No, it didn't. What we're taught is our history started at slavery. Um, no, before that, you kings and queens. Before that, you come from different, um, different tribes, different, you know, different walks of life, different islands, different. And that's the history that was stolen and the past that's stolen. So getting that back, that's what the Black Lives Matter movement means to me. My shirt, it says, I've been sleeping on me. Now I'm woke. I'm woke now. So it has Africa, it has a crown. Like because for too long people of color have been, you know, made to believe that where they where they started in this country was just being a slave. You know, um, we don't get taught a lot of the history. We don't get taught a lot of the the richest person that ever lived um was an African king. We don't get taught a lot of the contributions that were given to America from people of color, Um, this country that was built, built on the back uh, of slaves. We don't talk about a lot of, a lot of that stuff. We have monuments of all these people. And, and like, I don't condone destruction. I don't condone looting. I don't condone violence, but when you have so long, of being unheard, how do you expect people to react when there's been so long that you've been fighting for rights, you've been marching, you've been, you know, you've been um, dying. People have been dying for my ability right now to just talk to you. Like people died for that. So when you start to to understand where we've come from, you understand where we want to go. I feel like it's so important to to take an action. And it's not just, and your action could be, you know, just spreading knowledge. Your action could be going out there on the front lines. Your action could be, you know, donating. Whatever it is, we need to take action because we're all one race, the human race. And just because the pigment in our skin is different does not make someone better or worse than you. You know, and it's the content of the character, MLK said, it all day. And the, one of the, his quotes that I really, really keep pushing, um, I don't know if you're aware, there was a lot of uh, riots that happened this past weekend in Chicago. What they're going to end up doing is putting more police out on the street. That does not solve the root of the problem. The root of the problem is the lack of education. The lack of resources, the lack of, I mean, if you don't have, if someone doesn't have the will to live and the will to get better the will to want to uh, achieve, right, then there you're going to result to survival. And how are you going to survive? By whatever means necessary, right? You're going to survive, whether it's stealing, whether it's killing, whether it's drugs, whatever that is. And... We need to solve the root of the issue to fund more into the people, not the police, into the people. And so the those riots, you know, the one of his quotes is the riots are the voices of the unheard. Riot is the voices of the unheard. And um it's so true because these riots don't just pop out of nowhere. No one gets up and say, okay, I'm just gonna break some stuff today. You know, it's It's because we've been unheard for so long. Um, And for me, being where I am in my life right now, I understand more. I get more. I know what it is to be Black in America. I'm proud to be who I am, you know, and that is another issue. We have so many young, beautiful Black kings and queens walking around that are not proud of who they are. Because they don't know who they are, um, because this country has dimmed the light of who they are. And so, my job, I feel, is to bring that back. And that's not necessarily saying, oh, be pro black, you're anti anything else. No, you can be pro black and pro everything else. And I hate how people try to flip that narrative. No, that's not how it works. Just because, you know, this situation, Needs help and uplifting doesn't mean you don't care about this situation. It's just that you're focusing on this to bring it to the same, you know, uh, same level. And so, as a long answer, that was that's that's my that's how I that's, how I, that's what I feel about the Black Lives Matter. And a lot of people, it, it's, it's to me, it's crazy how we're still arguing over all lives matter and black <laughs> it's like it's it's silly it's really silly it's a play on where um you know obviously you i know you know i know you where you stand and i i applaud you and i thank you so much for for giving your voice and and really pushing toward toward where we want to go where we should go you know and i i from the bottom of my heart, you have been amazing at doing that. I've, I've followed you on your on social media and just really being active. Because that's what we need. We need that. Like, we need the, the help from everyone. It, back then in the 60s, when MLK was really strong and doing what he was doing, who was out there marching? It was 95% Blacks. And you had some sprinkle of other people in there. Now we've got mix of every walk of life, color, race, all that ethnicity, marching and wanting the same thing, and that's what we need. When, when we when love, overcomes hate, and so that's what I pour into everything I do, into fitness, into um, you know acting, into hosting. We gotta do. We gotta uplift because so long, we've been held down for so long. We've been in chains and shackles. And that didn't end when slavery ended. It continued in the prison system. It continued in the ju- judiciary system. And systematic racism is alive and well. You know, and I just, I just learned myself a few days about sunset towns. I don't know if you heard of the sunset or sundown towns. There are actually towns in the U.S. right now where I could not go, uh, being a person of color, and be there after sunset. Because whatever happens to me, happens to me. Mm -hmm. No one would ask any questions. So no one sees that as the problem. (laughs) No one sees that as, you know, a problem that we need to address in this country, that there are actually places like that. 2020, there are actually still places like that. So that's what I'm here to change. And the little things that I can do every day to uplift us, that's what I'll do.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm right there with you. And I think, you know, speaking... Speaking for uh, for pe- for white people, because that's all I can do, you know, I think like A, it is our problem to solve and B, I think the, one of the biggest things that I've learned in all of this is that it's, you know, when you say like sunset towns or whatever, I feel like a lot of people go to the, a disassociation aspect of it of like, oh, well, I'm not like that. My town's not like that right and by right saying that it's basically like well it's not my problem to deal with and it's like right it is right. my problem to deal with you know and i i hope if anything people have realized how close like racism is in their to to them right you know, in their own family and and within you know i i remember uh, another kind of thing that i learned and i think you touched upon this in, in your own way but i was talking with my friend aj Jol- Jolivet, who's a uh, a marine uh, or former Marine rather, um, you know, he's, he's, he's black. Um, and, you know, I said, I, 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 you know, I said it in an innocent way, although I'll be a stupid ignorant way now in hindsight, I said, you know, like if, why don't, why don't people just move? You know, cause I, I, cause I look at it like I, you know, my solution, like if I really got to a place with America where I just hate it, I would move. And not that there's yeah. not racism in other countries there, of course there is, but it's like, move. Um yeah. And, you know, I, I don't say that, like, viciously it was a, a genuine, like, solution. Because, again, I, I, it's something that I would look to. And he's like, I have right. a on behalf of this country. And when you look at the history, like, it, we're not moving. You know, we've done too much right. to move. And so, right. so, so I appreciate that perspective. Um,
1: yeah. Not- it's, it's like if you build a home and then, you know, someone takes your home and then you tell them to leave. It's like, no, I, I worked to build this home. I'm going to stay here. And the thing with U.S. that's different from many other countries, I know there's racism all over the world and colorism. Um, but the thing that sets America um, different than other countries is because they, they did not hold up to their, um, to their word. And what I mean by that is in the Constitution, All men are created equal on the side of God. All men have unalienable rights. And if you say that, if you're going to say that, you got to hold up to your end of bargain. And that was one of the things that, you know, was said by many leaders, you know, um, decades ago, is that the United States did not hold up to their Constitution. So if you're gonna say something in within your constitution, then hold up to that. And but there, you know, the whole thing, um, the whole thing around like you know being a third of third of a person, all that stuff, you know, is just interesting to me. It's like in the U.S. is this be- beautiful, uh, big, beautiful cake, right? Wonderful icing and frosting, fruit, and all this it looks delicious, right? But when you cut into it, it's cement. And that's kind of like how america has been in in its history where other countries it's like okay yeah if you talk about the president then this is going to happen to you or if you do this it's going to happen to you america's like yes you're free you have freedom liberty pursuit of happiness but so it can't be no but if you're going to tell me that you know what i mean so that's the only that's what separates
0: I, I'm very curious. So I, I don't know if you're aware, uh, but NPR on the 4th of July tweeted mm-hmm. out, you know, pretty much line by line, if you will, the Declaration of Independence. Right. And literally people were responding to NPR like, you socialist bastards, shove it up your ass and type like literally.
1: <laughs>
0: they're, they're quoting the Declaration of Independence. Right. Okay. All a socialist, liberal bullshit, like fuck commie crap. I'm, right. just, I, you know, it just boggles my mind. Like, like you would think, like at the very least, people would learn and know what the damn Declaration of Independence is right. on the surface. <laughs> so I don't, yeah, I I don't know where like it just when I saw that, I was like, oh dear God, we are. Just, <laughs> what, where are we?
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, and you know, I have I for one, I've learned a lot, you know, in this, this movement and all that. Um, but even before that, you know, like I, I was never—I I mean, outside of my teenage years, I passed that. I was never a fan of the Fourth of July because I understand where it comes from. And yes, if you know, if colonization did not happen, you and I will probably not be here. Okay, but the thing is, like, it could have happened so totally differently. Um, but I just feel like you know that the Fourth of July—that moment—we were not free. It's just the way it is. Like, yeah, you celebrate the, the independence of this country, I guess. But, like, for my ancestors, and we were, like, we're not free. We, there was not, there's nothing to be, uh, you know, there's nothing to, to celebrate, honestly. So Juneteenth, obviously, is, uh, but even then, you know, it was two years later after the, Imagine knowing. imagine being, like, free, right? But you don't know you're free until two years later, when you get that, that address that you're free. And then it's like, okay, well, you guys are free to go, but we're not going to give you anything or support you or do anything. Like you're, you're, you have someone, it's like taking a a child that was dependent that you are you are making dependent on you and then just saying, okay, you go out in the world and make things happen, which thank God, a lot of people did make things happen, but for the most part, it's like, how do you expect someone to understand what's going on and what's and how to navigate? And then you create laws to push them down and to hold them back. And then now you're saying, oh, they're lazy because they're not trying hard enough. No, it's because they're in a cage. You know, they can't, they can't move about. Like it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. But at the same token, people have done it before me. So I know that it can be done.
0: I want to, one of the questions to bring up, um, they've got to have us uh, that if I had any criticism, I just, I I don't think it was explored as well as I would have loved it. Um, Mm -hmm. This idea that, you know, they, they, they almost jokingly kind of said, you know, white people have been making movies about like their dogs and things like, like the biggest problem is the dog is lost. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Almost expectation. Like any black movie has to be about slavery or social movement, whatever. So I want to I get your perspective as an artist, like, you know, it, when you envision, uh, let's just call it a, like, it, what would be, you know, a black cast, black film, you know, whatever. Uh, what what would be the ideal? You know what I mean? Like, is it, is it just like, yeah, there could be stories about slavery, but there also should be about, you know, a child losing their, their damn dog. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a very interesting perspective to, yeah.
1: to explore
0: and I want I want No, to- yeah,
1: definitely. I totally agree. I you know, being an, an actor of color, like you get these roles of where it's like the thug or like, you know, the the druggie or you know, the pimp. Um and those I'm not discrediting those those roles or those characters because they also their story also needs to be told. You know, there are people like that. Um and yes, Slavery films, I think we're good on it. (laughs) I don't think we need any more. I mean, we got it. We got it. Um, The one thing that, well, I don't know if it was Netflix or Amazon did, that I didn't really care for too much, was they had, during this movement the beginning of it and all that, they had uh, um, sections that said hardship, uh, blah, 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 like different movies like that. And I'm like, we don't need to see films where we are being oppressed we don't need that right now we need uplifting motivating inspiring films we got that we know that history that has been ingrained in our heads since we were little um what's next yes family films um showing black families together and it's not being a ton of drama you know showing uh you know, love films, romantic comedies, things like that. Um, I actually, I'm actually, i actually working on a uh, pilot right now that I'm writing that has a whole new aspect of things. People, you know, you never even heard of or seen on film and it's, you know, based in African mythology and magic. So it's just like, those are the type of things that we need right now. I'm done seeing people getting whipped and getting sold and getting raped. Like, I'm done with that. We don't need that sh- shit anymore. Excuse my language, but we don't need any of that. We got it. And there's been so many films made about that. And, and with the past, with Harriet film, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, was not, it did not tell her story. It did not tell her story of who she was and what she meant. She was a hero. She put her life in jeopardy many, many times. But then you go and you see a movie about you know jfk or something and it's like oh holy be thou like no it would be like harriet it needs to be it can't be double standards is what i'm saying they can't we need to do the same thing with people of color that we do the white films it doesn't have to be about slavery it doesn't have to be about drama it doesn't have to be about drugs sex and all. i get it. it it happens it's real you know especially you go to some urban um places areas things like that but right now in this time we need to see things that will motivate us inspire us, especially our kids and our our children you know growing up every black child I don't care where you're from you get that police talk and for some kids it might be a birds and a bees talk but for us it's a police talk this is how you act this is what you say this is how you you know respond. The it's that conversation that should not happen, but it's a reality. So yes, I, I think we need to see more stories, uplifting stories, progressive stories, and that's what I am writing right now. Those those are the type of things that I'm writing on. I'm I'm done seeing slavery and shit. I don't want to see that anymore. You know, if we don't. If you want to see it, there's plenty to go back to. Believe me, there's millions you can watch. But we don't need
0: to create that anymore. Yeah. No. Fair enough. I I don't disagree. So um, and in fact, so you know, to to wrap things up. I mean, there's I would I would love to keep talking. There's so many different avenues. But let's let's it. because <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, so Idols my film, and yes. I I've reached out to you, and you uh, sight unseen. I don't I don't even think you saw the script. You were like, I'm in. <laughs>
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: So I appreciate that you took a big leap of faith uh, and it paid off. But, um, you know, in that sense, I don't know, for, uh, you know, uh, kind of, I I would love to get your take on, you know, the the scene we filmed. You know, like for for all intents and purposes, for me, I had essentially just wrote, you know, a character named Mike, who was the best friend of one of the main characters. And Mm -hmm. to me, he just needed to, to be that best friend. All right uh you know i had i don't know for it it, it for better or worse I, d- I don't know i'm still trying to figure that out i had no like preconceived notion of who mike was um and then i don't know you just i knew you were an actor and i said let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah. there's not really a question there but yeah i don't know T- yeah just if anything talk about your experience and you know how that was and cuz i don't even know if you knew Khalil, your you know your counterpart in that scene before but yeah you know, you guys really nailed it like it's one of my hidden gems of the movie i love it
1: wow oh, i appreciate that yeah it's um so when you, yeah when you reached out to me i mean i obviously working with you in AfterBuzz, and i like i knew you 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 know your essence i'm really good at reading people uh it's like a, it's a it's truly a blessing that i have that um and you have such a good energy and good vibe and about you and so i'm like okay it's you know this project It has to be it has to be great, you know, because and I wouldn't mind being in it because of who you are. You know, we that's how Hollywood runs, and that's how a lot of people get confused. It's not necessarily your talent keeps keeps you going. It keeps you with you know, you stay you have jobs because you're talented, but you get the jobs because of who you know. And and those relationships. We're all human beings, you know. If I have a relationship with you you hit me up, I have a role for you, it's dope, here, let me send it to you. I'm like, okay, I'm going to look at that before some random person calls me and says I have a role for you, you know what I mean? So it's all about relationships, we're very relation-based beings. And so my job was to just bring your character to life. And I like I like when uh, directors give us that room of creativity because – that's who I am. You know, Like I left corporate America because I needed to be creative. Like, I can't be held in a box. Um, so giving me that creative room was was amazing. Um, and what, is, what do best friends do? Best friends are there no matter what, right? Best friend, you might text your best friend throughout the day. You might, um, you know, share secrets with your best friend. You know, your best friend might know like some, you know, uh, about your significant other, like stories. So my my thing was like, okay, what is a best friend? How is a best friend uh, react to certain situations? Um, and my, you know, just really embodying that character and just being for him in that moment. And the biggest thing that I've learned since I've been acting is vulnerability always wins. The most vulnerable actor wins. So being a best friend, being there for your significant other, your best friend, whoever may be, there's a sense of vulnerability that happens. And that is when the camera catches it and the, it pulls the audience in and they believe you. Because everyone wants to be vulnerable, but not everyone makes it because of fear of what will happen or fear of how they will be perceived. So I, in that scene, just made sure, not even knowing the full script, <laughs> just knowing that and being present, the most important thing for me was just being present and being vulnerable and obviously listening to your direction. But, <laughs> 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 but yeah, so that, I mean, that's basically what, you know, that's basically what carried me through that scene. And my that character, I knew there was so much more to him. Um, I created, you know, a little bit of his life just so I can have a foundation to stand on. Um, but then, yeah, so it's just, it's you really, when you make it about someone, when you give your all to make it about the other person, yeah. that's a true vulnerability that, you know, you just can't buy. You can't, you can't really find, It's it's rare. It's rare when I can just literally just listen to you.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, to me, I think as you're, as you're talking about it, I, I can envision it in my head because I've seen the movie so many times. In and, and that moment, uh, Mike's character, he wants to say the truth to uh, Caleb, but right. he knows how painful it's going to be to him. And, you know, because they are best friends, Caleb catches Mike of like, you got something to say, just say it.
1: Mm, yeah. It.
0: <laughs> it's like, well, should I?
1: um so yeah and and, you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings you don't want to you don't want to to knock someone down when they're already feeling down but you know what does a best friend do you gotta whip them up a little bit (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah no and it's great you know obviously like you know, people, people undervalue acting as far as like, it's a lot of, it's also what you don't say, right? It's what you exactly. say, expressions and so forth. And so what you're yeah. not saying in that scene is like 10 times more than what you end up saying. And it's, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's, it's actually, uh, it's funny. I know we're uh, running a lot of long time, but uh, this past uh, shooting, I was doing it for a TV pilot and and the, I wanted to one of um the comments from the director was saying danny you really act with all your body he's like he was watching me he's like you're you're like there tapping on the table like he's like you're doing a lot of things with your body that that's amazing i don't keep it but he's like but i noticed that you do that and it's a lot of a lot of what you don't say that speaks volumes um, and so I was kind of like looking at the the dailies. I was like, oh yeah, I do do that. And it's not, I haven't, I haven't been a uh, spent a lot of time in, in, uh, in theater, but I've done a lot of, um, like theater and then and musical stuff like that. But for me, it's just really giving all of myself, you know, like I respect you. Um, I respect the project. Why not give 110%? so that's the thing that i always go in doing and it's literally like i don't care what danny would do what would this character do (laughs) yeah so
0: yeah no it's 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 truly wonderful what um you know as, as we kind of get to the tail end what what are some projects that you can plug right now and certainly you know feel free to plug your social media as well
1: yeah for sure um uh I have an, another film that's on Amazon Prime called The Cry uh, where I kind of I play uh, a <laughs> a genius, uh, so to speak, that is guiding this assassin through his uh, mission. A very uh, different role than I'm used to playing, but I had fun with it and it was pretty funny uh, being a comical character. Um, I have a short film that I wrote and produced that that I'm uh filming soon, uh at the end of this month. And um I got a couple more projects that's coming out. It's it's um it's gonna be pretty, pretty exciting. And this pilot that I just wrapped, um, keep an eye out for it because uh it's gonna, it's <laughs> it's it's a lot of things that's happening that in the in in the series um that are not discussed and you've never really seen on TV before. So this would be fun. Um, but you can find me everywhere at I am Danny Royce. Um also uh if you like to check me out in my health and uh wellness um site as well, it's fit dot uh, com and I am danny dot com.
0: Awesome. Well thank you so much, Danny. And you know, for for me personally, you know, uh as long as you'll work with me, I'll work with you. In fact, I'm I'm right. <laughs> I'm always hesitant to tell people like, like, you know, and, and certainly there's friends of mine that get upset when I like just tell blindly, like without doing any sort of casting or reads, I'm like, that person is it. And they're like, you didn't even read them. But I, I think there's a <laughs> character that would be perfect for you. Um, the only has the only real hesitation I have is if, if somehow I end up cutting him because You know, I I sometimes tend to overwrite characters just to fit in more of my friends. Um, So sometimes it's due to the script process, you know, some get slashed just because, but I'm I'm thinking this one... Yeah, it's all about
1: this story.
0: Yeah, but I'm I'm thinking this one's staying in, so as long as you're with me, I'm there for the ride with you.
1: (laughs) Of course, of course, (laughs) and I appreciate it. Thank you once again for for, um, sharing your platform with me and having this discussion. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and you know, everyone I just leave you with, you know, just continue to change the world, continue to work hard and make things better. Like one day at a time. Yeah, we can't go out there and just change everyone's minds, but we can do what we can every day to build a good foundation for our children. Those who come after us, because that's literally what it's about. You know, they did it for us. Now it's our turn to return a favor.
0: Absolutely. And uh, Wednesdays, right? You do uh, kind of, what What do you call it? Wednesday, wisdom Wednesdays or something like yes,
1: that? Yes, yes, yes. Please check me out on Instagram. Uh, I do Wisdom Wednesdays. I drop a little nugget of wisdom every Wednesday uh, to to keep you going. I know Wednesdays for some people, it's in the middle of the week. They're kind of losing that momentum. Uh, so this is just something to kind of give you that pep of the step. Um, I also have apparel coming out. Um, this is the first line here. Um, And it has the names of um, a lot of our fallen brothers and sisters on the back. Um, So I'm going to be releasing a new apparel line called Black Excellence. Um, And it's, yeah, it's all about motivating, uplifting people. And, you know, it's, and like I say, I'll say again, that it's not, you know, being pro-Black doesn't mean you're anti-anything else. Um, So please stop that narrative uh, (laughs) and stop, you know, stop that, that agenda um but it, literally it's all about bringing everyone together and spreading love and having good vibes and changing that mindset um, it's all it all starts here the perception of the world so we really do need to work into creating a better environment for ourselves so thank you
0: absolutely i couldn't agree more well thank you and um if, uh for those of you watching listening by all means give uh if you have further comments, share them and uh, let Danny know you want to do a part two because there's so many things we didn't get to.
1: <laughs> so many that. more.
0: So, and everything we did get to was wonderful, but then, um, you know, you still see like this whole pile of like mental <laughs> so, oh, we could have gotten here. But uh, so if you're curious, you know, let Danny know that he's come on again. And I'm sure yeah. he will, but nonetheless, it feels great to be invited by the fans. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: For sure. Thank you again, man. I appreciate it.